We've been in this series called The Heart, and it's based on one of the parables that Jesus told. It's commonly known as the parable of the sower. I kind of think that it uh, should maybe be called the, the parable of the seed, or even better if it was called the parable of the hearts, because that's what he's really talking about. But this parable is in three of the Gospels. Now, if the Scripture records something one time, that means it's important. If it's in there three times, it's really important. And so I really believe that this is something that every believer needs to understand this story, this parable. Jesus' teaching about this parable is really the primary reason that I like to pray before we hear the word every time because the attitude, the condition of your heart will determine whether or not that word is effective and brings a harvest in your life. That's it. It all depends on the condition of your heart. So important that our hearts are open and receptive so that it'll produce its fruit. Strange how people talk about the heart today. Sometimes when they do wrong, they say, oh, the Lord knows my heart, as though their heart is better than their actions. No, your actions come out of your heart. The Bible makes that so clear. In fact, I hear people sometimes talking about another person who's not doing right. And they say, oh, but they have a good heart. Oh, no, there's a problem in their heart. Here's what Jesus says in Matthew 5, 19. Out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, false testimony, and slander. See, out of the heart come all kinds of evil thoughts, all kinds of evil things that they say, evil attitudes and actions and behaviors, things that are not pleasing to the Lord. It all comes out of the heart. Listen, good also comes out of the heart. Jesus says in Luke 6, 45, the good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. So good things come out of the heart too. But when we store up the word of God in our hearts, I want to tell you if we will retain it and it will produce good things in our life. The fruit, the outcome of our life is determined by what's in our heart. You make your heart good, your life's going to be good. Well, that's a good place to say amen. Because we all want our life to be good. I want to tell you the issues, the outcome of your life comes from your heart. Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. Now in the New King James, it uses that word issues there. The issues of life. We kind of use that word a little differently nowadays. Do you know somebody that's got issues? Let me tell you why they have issues. It's because of what's in their heart. And I'm not saying that being critical or condemning in any way because all of us have issues at times I just want to tell you that those issues they come from the heart that's where the problem is and it has to be dealt with but in the NIV it says it this way above all else guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life 
Now, there's certainly things that happen to us that are beyond our control, but the outflow, the fruit of our lives is ultimately determined by what flows out of our heart. And I, I just want to get this out of the way. See, tonight I'm going to do a little bit of review along the way. I guess if you've been here the last three weeks, you know that because we're already kind of doing some review. But it's important because what happens so often is we hear it and we forget. And sometimes we just need to reinforce what we've heard so that we retain it. But we got to get our hearts right. we got to keep our hearts right. It's the heart that determines whether or not the Word of God works in our life. It's the heart that determines whether or not we do God's will in our life. It's the heart that determines whether or not we are fruitful and productive or if it's just wasted. It's all the heart. I, as a pastor, I want to see people living in victory. I want to see the blessings of God on your life, on your family. I want to see the blessing of God on your finances, on your health. I want to see the blessing of God on every area of your life. And you know, a lot of times pastors and teachers, they, they, they do a lot of teaching and preaching about things that will help you in different areas of your life, but none of it really will matter unless our heart is where we receive it and we retain it and we persevere in it. So we're going to go back to Luke chapter 8. We're going to read the parable again about the four types of hearts. And tonight we'll wrap up with the good and noble heart. Luke chapter 8, beginning in verse 4. It says, while a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering seed, some fell along the path that was trampled on and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on the rock. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. Now the last three weeks, we've skipped over this next part, but tonight we're going to go. We're going to look at those verses or that verse very closely, um, and it's just something that we really need to understand. It's a key to a noble and good heart. When he said this, he called out, "He who has ears to hear, let him hear." You got ears? Jesus says, listen up. His disciples asked him what the parable meant. And he said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to others, I speak in parables so that though seeing, they may not see. Though hearing, they may not understand. Then he goes on, he says, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy and they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. 
But the seed on God's, uh, excuse me, the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. The noble and good heart. That's what we're going to talk about. In the original text, the words that are translated noble and good, both of those words actually mean good. Both of them can be translated as good. So, you know, it's kind of like that song we sing, Good, Good Father. It's kind of redundant to say it that way, and so they, the translators say it this way, the noble and good heart. But you just need to understand we're talking about a really good heart. Not sort of, kind of, you know, like, well, you know, they may be a really bad person, but, oh, they got a good heart. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a really good heart, the noble and good heart. First, he describes that noble and good heart, all of them here, but we got to truly hear. What's the noble and good heart? It's the one who hears and he retains and he perseveres and produces a crop. That's the noble and good heart. See, if those things aren't happening, that ain't no noble and good heart because this is what the noble and good heart will do. Now, when he finished the parable, he called out, Let he, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. That's what ears are for, right? But he said, if you have ears to hear, you got to hear. I read about an older lady. She's having a hearing problem. And one day her and her husband were driving to tennis, from Tennessee to Little Rock. And uh, they got pulled over by a state trooper. And the, the trooper asked the husband if he knew how fast he was driving. And the wife said, what did he say? And the husband said, he asked if I was, speak, if I was speeding. And then uh, he looked at his driver's license, and, he, and the trooper said, I see you're not from around here. And the husband said, no, we're from Memphis. And the wife said, what did you say? He said, I told him that we were from Memphis. And then the trooper said, you know, the meanest woman I ever met was from, was from Memphis. His wife said, what did he say? He said, he thinks he knows you. <laughs> That's not very nice, is it? Ears to hear means that we truly hear, not just hearing words, but we hear and we understand with the heart. Sometimes we know what's said, we know what was said, but we don't really get it. We got to get it. It always amazes me. I hope this didn't happen tonight. But sometimes people will send me ugly emails and stuff and say that, you said this and you said that. And, it, and it's things that I didn't say at all. And, you know, I try to be kind and gracious when that happens. Because I know they're, you know, they're just mistaken. But there's part of me, I don't know if it's just my personality or if it's the fact I grew up in a lawyer's home or what. But there's a part of me, I just want to call them and say, hey, look. It's all recorded, and you can come down here, and we'll sit and listen to it together, and when it's done, you can apologize. Because it ain't like it ain't recorded. Oh, the ain't's coming out. 
But here's my point, though, really, is that it's amazing how sometimes we don't really hear. We think, well, I heard this, but we're not really hearing what we think. We need to be careful how we hear. You're going to see that in just a few minutes, but so much of the time, people just misunderstand, and it has everything to do with the condition of their heart. I just got to give you an example. So one time, you know, I'm preaching, uh, talking about how that we got to give thanks and we should praise God through the difficult times. We all go through these heartbreaking times, challenging times, struggles, battles. We all go through that. And, and the best thing that we can do during those times is just continue to praise God. It, it, no matter how hard it is to praise God. And so somebody sends me an email and they say, you don't even care about people that are going through hard times. And it's acting like that I should be, you know, we should all just be sad and not praise God. I, I, I just tell people, it's because of what's in their heart is how we take things a lot of times. And believe me, this is not about me, but so much of the word of God gets misunderstood because of the condition of the heart. Verse 9, we read this. His disciples asked him what the parable meant, and he said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that though seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. Now, first of all, I just want to mention this, that uh, preachers nowadays always say that, well, Jesus told parables to illustrate. There's a few examples of that, but he also told a lot of parables, as he says right here, so that the disciples would get it later. But he spoke to them in parables, he said, so that seeing they wouldn't see and hearing they wouldn't hear. And I know what people think about that. They think, that just sounds really unfair. I want to tell you that God is always fair. In fact, he's more than fair. He is merciful. We should never, ever question his character. If we think he's unfair, I want to tell you there's something that we don't understand yet. Doesn't he want everyone to see, to hear, to understand? Yes, he does. But because of their calloused hearts, they have rejected the truth already. Matthew's gospel, when it records this, it goes into a little more detail of what Jesus said. It's Matthew 13, 13 through 15. He says, though seeing they do not see, though hearing they do not hear or understand, in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You, sh you will be ever hearing but not understanding. You will be ever seeing but not perceiving. Here it comes. Why? For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears. They have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts and turn, and I would heal them. They don't hear because their hearts are calloused. They don't see because their hearts are calloused. You see, they don't want to hear. They don't want to see because of the condition of their heart. Now, I'm not just talking about lost people who don't believe in God. Because I want to tell you there's a lot of the time when us 
believers, quote unquote, believers have a hard time receiving some things from God because we don't want to. Really quiet in here now. When our heart is open and receptive to God's word, you see, when our heart is right, I want to tell you, the Lord wants us to see, to hear, and to understand. He says, so then we would turn. What's that? We call it repentance. You see, and, and that not, not necessarily that, you, you know, that you're a, a sinner heading for hell. That too. But even in our lives as followers of Jesus, that you know, when, when the word corrects us and shows us where we're wrong somewhere or where we've missed it somewhere, if we'll turn, see if our hearts are right, we'll hear it and we'll turn and then God will heal us. He'll do a work in our lives. And that's what our Father wants to do. I want you to know the Bible says it's not His will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. See, that's what He wants. But it's because of the condition of the heart that so many just can't see and they just can't hear and they just can't really understand. In the book of Luke, Jesus ends the parable with this. Luke 8, 15. The seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. Then in the very next verse, so we just concluded the parable, the, good and no, the noble and good heart, they hear, they retain, and they persevere and produce a crop. The very next verse, verse 16, Jesus says, No one lights a lamp and hides it in a jar and puts it under a bed. Instead, he puts it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. Now, most people are really familiar with Jesus' teaching that we are the light of the world, and that's in the book of Matthew. But I want you to understand that this is not the same thing. He's talking about truth here, and you see this real clearly in the next two verses. Verse 17, he says, For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed, and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. You see, it's all going to be manifest, revealed. It's all going to be made known. There's coming a day when there will be absolutely no doubt. There's coming a day when everyone will get it. There's coming a day when every knee in heaven and earth and under the earth will bow at the name of Jesus and confess that Jesus is Lord. In that day, everybody will get it. Everything is going to be revealed. That's what he said. I don't want to wait for that day. And here's what, the, what he says next, verse 18. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. It's so important how you listen. Do we really want to hear? 
You know, sometimes teenagers develop a condition called selective hearing. They hear really well when they want to. Other times, they just can't hear a thing. I mean, you, you know, you tell them that the trash needs to be taken out, but they're so engrossed in what they're doing, it's like they're deaf. They don't hear a word you're saying. And then you say, I think I, think I might order some pizza tonight. And they start hollering out what kind they want. Miraculously, their hearing has been instantly healed. I've heard, not me, but I've heard that some husbands also have this selective hearing. <laughs> right? Two men were, yeah, two men were talking one day, and one of them said, My wife talks to herself a lot, and his friend said, Mine does too, but she doesn't know it. She thinks I'm listening. <laughs> yep. Do you have selective hearing sometimes? I've known more than one person that was praying for direction about a relationship, but they had a really hard time hearing from God because they didn't want to. Because there was a lot of emotion wrapped up in it, you know, emotion in the heart. And they didn't want to hear. And they had a really hard time hearing from God. Oh, how often... We all struggle with that at different times in our life where we say we want to hear from God, but then there's a place in our heart where we don't really want to hear what he's saying. In fact, if you're struggling and you're not hearing anything, check your heart. Here it's going to get tough again. Y'all don't mind me just teaching a little bit tonight, right? I mean, I'm hoping that, you know, sometimes when people read the Bible, they just get confused. And I'm hoping that tonight we, you know, we kind of work out some of this stuff, difficult things through this passage. But back to verse 18, Jesus says, whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he think, thinks he has will be taken from him. Here it is again. That just seems so unfair. The one who has is going to be given more. The one that doesn't have even what he thinks he has is going to be taken away. That's not fair. Oh, he is always fair. And on the face of it, it may not seem like it, but don't ever charge the Lord with wrongdoing. If we think he's unfair, we just don't understand. At some time or another, I think almost every kid thinks their mom, and, mom or dad or both were unfair about something and you know human parents are just that they're human and sometimes they make mistakes but most of the time it's not that they're unfair it's just that their child doesn't understand and so it is with us and the Lord a lot of the time he is never unfair but sometimes we just don't really understand what he's saying but I think that we can understand this listen when we accept the truth he reveals more to us this is the way God always works it's progressive when you accept the truth he'll show you more now if you just leave it lay there and you don't accept it guess what you're not going to see much else until you accept what he's already shown you 
This works in the negative also. If you read the, the book the, uh, of Romans, in Romans chapter 1, when the, for the, the downfall of man and how just man just went from bad to worse, you see this all the way through that chapter, that it was a progressive thing, that with each step, God gave them over and God gave them over. The more that they rejected God, the further down they went. But praise the Lord, when we embrace truth, you see, we get more. He who has is going to get more. But if we reject it, he who doesn't have, even what he has or thinks he has is going to be taken away. So it's so important that we have a heart that's receptive to the Lord. We can't have a hard heart. Do we really want to hear what God is saying? Now, let me just get, okay, if your arms are folded tonight and you know you're like you're just resting your arms, I'm, I'm not talking about you, okay? I'm talking about an attitude. Some people, they listen with folded arms. You ought to be up here sometime when you look out and you're seeing these people. Like, prove it. Listen, that's between you and God. I'm just an errand boy. I mean, I'm just a messenger boy. That's all I am. And I don't, you know, that's, that, that's not my problem. But some people listen with judgmental, critical spirit. Some people are cynical, skeptical, unbelieving. It makes it so hard for them to hear. See, their heart is already hard. And that remember, that was the first type of heart that Jesus talked about. They're not receptive to the word of God. You can't convince them. You can't change their mind by arguments. The only way that they're going to change is for them to do what Jesus said and consider carefully how you hear. And see, this is the thing. All of us can change. But we got to do what Jesus says and consider carefully how you hear. It's really important how you hear. The noble and good heart hears. It's ready to receive. It seeks to understand the word. It believes. It takes correction. It embraces the word. See, we need to be eager to receive the word of God, ready to receive it. We need to to look forward to hearing the word so we get it down in our heart and let it have its impact in our life. In Acts 17, 11, I love this verse. It says, the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians. Now, remember, we're talking about a noble and good heart. Well, these people had, a, had noble character. He says, for they received the message with great eagerness. Well, that's always a good thing. When it's really the message, the word of God, it's always a good thing to receive it with eagerness. And then he says this, and they examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. I really wish people would do that every time I preach. Because I got to tell you, if what I preach doesn't bear out in the word of God, I don't want you to hear it. But if it bears out in the word of God, not just me, but anybody, when you hear preaching and teaching and it bears out in the word of God, then you need to embrace it with a whole heart, whether you like it or not. Now, sometimes 
The Bible says it's good for reproof. It's good for instruction. It's good for correction. You know what's worse than being wrong? Staying wrong. And I'll tell you, the Word of God will show us where we need to change. Where we need, you know, some struggling in their marriage, some struggling in their finances, struggling with getting along with their neighbor. The Word of God will correct you. It'll show you what you need to do different so you can get victory in that area of your life. But we got to embrace it. we got to receive it eagerly. And I, I want to talk about this, this issue of examining the Scriptures. Uh, the Bereans, they didn't get their commentaries out. And I'm not against commentaries. I'm not knocking that. But I'm just telling you, they didn't get any books out. They went to the Scripture. They examined the Scripture. They searched the Scripture. They didn't just say, oh, you know, now, brother so-and-so, he said. No, they went to the Scripture. They didn't go to their pet two verses that they build their whole life on this two verses. No, they examined the Scripture. You know, one of the things that has happened down through the centuries in, in the church and this, this pharisaical bondage is still alive and well at this very hour is that there will always be teachers and preachers who will act like the only way that you can ever understand the Bible is if I explain it to you. I need to exegete it and parse it out, and I'll show you what it means because you can't ever figure it out on your own. It's not for you commoners. I'm telling you it absolutely is. I will also tell you that it takes a lifetime. The, you can study it your whole life and you still don't have it all figured out. You just keep learning and growing and learning and growing, but it's for all of us. And I encourage you to search the scriptures. And man, if it's the word of God, then receive it, retain it, persevere in it, as you're going to see a great harvest in your life. I think too many people go to church with this kind of nonchalant attitude. You know, they don't really even care to verify if what they heard is true. They just they just kind of already decide to receive it or not by their own preconceived ideas or what they've always thought or what they were taught, and they don't even care about verifying it in the Scripture and being willing to change. I'll tell you, if there's something wrong in our life, we ought to want the Word to correct us. In verse 15, it says, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. Here, you got to really listen. The good heart retains the word. If we have a good, good heart, you're going to hold on to it. The good heart holds on to the word as though it was a priceless treasure. Because it is. In fact... It's better than silver or gold. Psalm 119.72, the law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of coins of gold and silver. It's better. See, if, if we had some expensive jewelry that's worth $100,000, how would you treat that? We ought to treat the word of God better than that. That we, we just 
Hang on to it. It's priceless. It's precious. I'm not letting go. And see, when you get a word from God, like God speaks to you, whether it's in a service or in your own prayer time as you're reading the Bible, however you get a word from God, man, you need to get a hold of that and hang on it. And no matter what happens, you won't let go. That's why so many people, they get something from God And six months later, they're right back where they were. You got to retain it. In the New American Standard, it says, hold it fast. So you get a good grip on a truth from the word. You don't let go. And I'll tell you, if you'll do that, it'll bring a harvest in your life. Whenever I think of retaining, I always think of a retaining wall. You know, it holds something in. You got to, Hold in the word of God. It's precious. I remember when I was a kid, at one point my grandparents owned a house that their backyard, it backed up to a creek. And my granddaddy had to build a retaining wall at the back of his yard to, because whenever that creek would get high, it would start washing it away. And so he built this retaining wall to keep from losing his backyard. Well, I want to tell you something. If you don't retain the word of God, you're going to lose a whole lot more than that. All kinds of blessings and victories, promises that are available to you. But if you don't retain it, you don't hang on to it, you don't hold fast to it so much that you're going to lose. How do we retain the word? Number one, like Jesus said, you consider how you listen, really listen, seek to understand. See, if you don't understand it, it's hard to hang on to something you don't understand. Number two, you stay in the word. Jesus said, if you stay in my word, then you really are my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. So important that you stay in the word. You keep building yourself up in the word of God. Number three, You ought to talk about it. You need to be speaking, I believe and therefore I speak. That's what the Bible says. See, if you believe it in your heart, you ought to be speaking it out of your mouth. But you need to speak the word of God. Number four, you do it. Put it in practice in your life. You know what? If you're going to retain it, you can't forget it. Listen to this passage from James 1, 22 through 25. Now, The first verse we hear a lot of the time, but I want you to hear all of it. He says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror. And after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks into intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do so this and continues to do this. Sorry, I'm getting my translations mixed up here. Not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. You can't forget. See, you get a hold of that word, you hang on to it, you memorize it, meditate it, go over it and over it, talk about it, you keep it alive in your heart. It's precious, and you got to retain it. How, whatever it takes for you to do that, you don't ever let go of it. And then the noble and good heart perseveres. Doesn't quit when trouble comes. We talked about that shallow heart. When a hard time 
comes, they believe for a little while, but when the hard time comes, they give up. No real commitment or devotion, no roots. They thought it would be easy. I'll tell you, serving the Lord can be fun and be so just so much blessing. Jesus said, an abundant life. But nowhere do I see in the word where it's supposed to be easy. One of the unpopular teachings of Jesus, there's a bunch of them, by the way. There's only a handful of things that most people like to hear in Jesus, of Jesus' teachings, believe it or not. The way to life is narrow and it's difficult. That's what our Savior said. He didn't say, hey, it's going to be easy. You go my way, it's going to be easy. He said it's narrow and it's difficult. But it's so worth it. It's the way to life. Abundant life. I tell you, blessed life when we go his way. But it's not easy. One person put it this way, Christianity is a demanding and serious religion. When it's delivered as easy and amusing, it's another kind of religion altogether. I agree. And yet it's presented that way a whole lot in our generation. If we can just make it fun and amusing and easy, why more people accept it. But more people get disillusioned because it's not what was presented to them. I tell you, we want to wanna follow Jesus. Jesus says, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. That's the way that works. Now, those who are shallow, they listen, and for a moment they believe. But when things don't go their way, they move on. we got to live it out in our lives. We can't just try it for a little while. So many people give up on God's word. See, when you get a word from God about healing, and then you get worse, that's not the time to give up. That's the time to stand on the word and believe and confess the word and keep keep believing and keep trusting. See, when you when you start believing God for your finances and you're trying to obey the principles of scripture and, and it seems like things get worse, that's not the time to bail. You gotta persevere. Because it's when you persevere, that's how the harvest comes. They hear, they retain, they persevere by persevering, they produce. A harvest. That's when the harvest comes. And you see, whether it's in following Jesus, just being a believer and following Jesus, you got to keep going. You just got to keep going. And when it's hard, you keep going. When you just don't know if you, how you can take another step, well, you trust the Lord and just keep going. And in whatever area in your life that you're believing, God and you're standing on the word, you got to persevere. Perseverance is just not a very popular virtue today. I mean, the, the theme of the day is let's find an easier way. 
That sounds good, right? Is there an easier way? I'll tell you, God is working something in us. Whenever we have to persevere, perseverance, when it has its perfect work in you, it makes you mature and complete. And God so often has something bigger in mind than our comfort. But he will bless us. We will see a harvest if we'll just keep going, just keep persevering. You know, it's really a sad fact that in the time that we live that so many full-time ministers only last a few years. And it's because it's not easy. It's not like a lot of people think it would be. And there are times when it can be just extremely disheartening and extremely difficult. You know, and Carmen and I experienced a lot of those times over the years. And, you know, we've watched that with our son, Jonathan, the youth pastor. See, when Jonathan first came to Grace as our youth pastor, I knew what we were getting because when he was at Bible college, not Bible college, at college, at getting a music degree, he starts a Bible study in his dorm. He says, hey, Dad, I'm going to start a Bible study in my dorm. And so I'm picturing him and a couple other guys having a Bible study, right? They started off with 11. And by the end of the semester, they had to meet down the hall in a bigger room because they were running 25. The next year, they, ran, they had to get a bigger room and had to become an official organization on campus because they were running 45. And as the last year when he was a senior, they, they got up as high as 72. And I'm just telling you, I knew what we were getting. But when he came to Grace, you know, he had to deal with that whole nepotism thing. Yeah, you're not really called. You're just his son. That's the only reason you get to be here. Now people think the only reason I get to be here is because I'm his dad. But here's the thing. Those first two or three years, numbers-wise, it didn't look good. He was doing quality ministry, and yet the, the harvest wasn't there. You know what? He just had to persevere. By the way, he's it, it coming up on his 15th year in just a couple of months. But the harvest wasn't there at first. You got to persevere. And whether it's vocational ministry or you're involved in some area of ministry, there are lots of those times when it's just difficult. You know, you decide you're going to be a growth group leader and three people show up and now what do we do? You persevere. Minister to those three. Amen. You just keep going. Sometimes, you know, when you're leading worship, people don't worship and hard to get enough people on the team. Just keep going. You just persevere. Listen, we could keep going this way all night. I'm going to wrap this up. Galatians 6 9, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. We just have to persevere. That applies to every area of your life. Here's a great promise. Hebrews 10, 36. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. So many people give up too soon. Let me explain that. Anytime you give up, it was too soon, right? God sometimes may take you in a different direction. He, in your race for him, he may have a different path marked out for you. You may take a turn, but you never, ever just give up. We persevere in following Jesus. 
and we persevere in whatever word the Lord gives us. And I'm telling you, the breakthroughs will come. If you have a good and noble heart, you hear, you retain. And by persevering, your life is going to produce fruit. The fruit of a changed life. The fruit of God's word being lived out in you. The fruit of a blessed life that comes from serving God. The fruit of many, many, many other lives being impacted by your life. That's fruit. That's a harvest. Well, that's a crop. I tell you that God wants to produce in our lives. We hear, we retain, we persevere. And when we do that, I tell you, we experience life to the full. We see His Word, His blessings, His promises produced in our life. Stand with me, we're going to pray.